0: Coffee with Kathy, coffee with Pastor Kathy. I'm so delighted that you are watching us today, and I'm so excited about our special guest, Ngozi Akaro. Before we talk to Ngozi, I just want to talk a little bit about the cup that I'm drinking from today. On the front side, it says Faith, and I love what's written on the back. Faith isn't always a leap, sometimes it's just one little step after another with lots of falling down and getting back up in between. I certainly think that that sort of represents our days these days. And I know that Ngozi is a person of faith. I met her, she was one of the first people that I met when I moved to New York 17 years ago, almost 17 years ago. She was a member at Christ Church and I fell in love with her and we've just had so much fun and so many laughs over the years. So I'm so delighted that she has now joined our church along with her husband, Eric, who um, I'm just going to say this. Um, I prayed for Eric. Ngozi knows this, right, right? He was one of those people that was like, Pastor, I need to find somebody. Help me find somebody. Pray for me. And we did. And I did. And so I love him to death. I love Ngozi to death. So I'm so happy that she's here.
1: So tell us a little bit about your cup and what you're drinking in it. Yes, yes, yes. So I am drinking water. It's a very important drink. Um, I don't usually drink enough water. And um, being at home has provided an opportunity to drink more water. Amen. Wonderful.
0: Well, first of all, I want to compliment you on your hair. Which is beautiful, because Ngozi and I go to the same hairdresser, so Danielle is going to be so proud of how beautiful you look
1: today. Just got to get your stuff out of the way, right? Thank you so much, Pastor Kathy. You're looking good, too. Your hair's looking nice. You're looking very freshly pressed in your linen. This is exciting. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. 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 Looks like you've been out of the house, but I'm not going to say anything. We'll move on. Let's not tell secrets. Let's (laughs) go.
0: Oh gosh! So I am so proud of you because I know that you are the founder and executive director of Custom Collaborative, which is a business about immigrant women and sewing, one of your passions. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how that came about, how that idea came into being, and how it became from an idea to what it is now?
1: Sure, sure. I'm glad to. Custom Collaborative is a nonprofit social enterprise that supports and advocates for and with women from low income and immigrant communities who want to develop careers in the fashion industry. Um, We do that through three parts of our our work. We have a 14 week training institute where women are together 30 hours per week, learning to design, sew, and sell sustainable fashion. We have a business incubator where they can learn more skills and, um, a new employee-owned cooperative where they will produce clothes and home goods for other companies, where they are the owners and, um, you know, share control and the revenues and profits from the business. So um, it's been an exciting road building it. I started Custom Collaborative, I guess. I first put pen to paper in 2014 and then we started our first class in October 2016 we've graduated eight classes of students and no I'm sorry the eighth class is in right now remotely and um, we're, we're just moving forward and it's it's a gift for me to be able to help women who we society has marginalized either because you know they're impoverished or they're not from this country. English isn't their first language. Maybe they had children early, maybe they were involved with the criminal legal system, maybe they're domestic violence survivors, but whatever those things are, um, it doesn't define them and it doesn't mean anything about their worth or their value and it's just amazing to see people unlock their skills and their passions and to take leadership roles.
0: Wow, that's fantastic. So I know your father is Nigerian Correct. And tell us a little bit about where some of these women come from. What other countries are represented with your organization?
1: That's a great question. Yes. So my dad is Nigerian and actually that's part of what started me um, the idea of Custom Collaborative. So throughout the continent of Africa, people get clothes made for them by tailors who, you know, are in their neighborhoods, my dad's neighborhood, the tailor lives down the street. And so because I'm tall, I would frequently get clothes made. And, you know, they'd be great dresses, great fitting pants. Um, And the woman who made the the clothes didn't charge me much. And I kept saying saying to her, like, you need to charge more. You need some more customers. Um, It was very hard for customers to access her because of where she lives. So um, I just thought about, well, what would it mean to connect this woman who's from um, Sierra Leone, to customers who can pay what these clothes should demand. Um, and so, you know, just from that, that germinated uh, this, this idea. And we've worked with women from 22 different countries, um, I guess, then now from every continent, from every continent. And so it's just such a blessing to see these women work together and overcome what they thought might have been their prejudices and biases and just really collaborate. Our cooperative, for example, Um, is comprised of seven women who are from seven different countries and you know it's so great to see this person from Brazil working with this person from Nigeria working with this person from India working with someone from Japan and Israel and so we're all together you know making the changes that we need working together to advance each other's and society's interest
0: it's amazing I've met some of those women and they are wonderful they're smart they're enthusiastic And it's just great what you're doing. And you're housed in Riverside Church, is that right?
1: Yes, we're in Riverside Church. That's where the Training Institute is. And uh, we also have um, space in East Harlem, which is where the cooperative and our actual offices are. But Riverside Church was our first host, and they've just been so gracious um, and helpful to us. In fact, when we realized one day, okay, we can no longer work in the classroom. We have to be remote because of coronavirus. Uh, they made arrangements so that the women in the training program could get extra food from the pantry to last them for what we then thought would be, you know, the two weeks as opposed to the normal one-week allotment. So they've been really helpful. They continue to reach out and ask what they can do and so Um, Reverend Northern, who you've met, leads the social services ministry. And I'm just, you know, very grateful to Riverside um, for what they've continued to offer us.
0: That's great. That's great. I know I attended an event with you or
1: to support you. Was that in the winter That was in November. I think Uh, the New York Women's Foundation um, honored me and I was so grateful that you came and supported me. It was a very um, emotional moment and it's so good to be able to have your church family participate um, in the other parts of your life. But really what I'm continuing to do with my work, I think, is the church's work. So it was great.
0: Absolutely. 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 Talk a little bit about that word collaborative. I love that. Mm -hmm. I think there's not Mm -hmm. nearly enough collaboration in our culture today. How did you come up with that title?
1: Um, Just because to me, that collaboration is what um, I saw as important. I mean, I think anything that... Uh, we do as humans, if it's going to be good and valuable and thoughtful, then you'll have to collaborate. And for me as, um, you know, I grew up as an only child. So collaboration is not necessarily, you know, my first thing. I've always, well, for much of my life was like, okay, I have an idea. I will can tell some other people, but this is the idea that we're going to make happen. Um, but I have learned, and I think that, you know, it's this way in many other cultures that you have to work with other people, especially if you call yourself working for other people. Um, and, and for me, when I thought about collaborative, um, that meant that people would bring in their ideas and their customs for their culture, or you know, their fabrics, their styles, whatever it is, and that we would together do something um, that really provides shared value to community and to individual people. Same thing with custom. We teach people how to make clothes that are custom fit to their bodies, uh, to customers' bodies, but it's also about bringing in the customs and the practices of wherever you're from. So saying that all are welcome, we believe that you have a lot to offer and whatever it is, we're going to help you bring it out in whichever way you think we can help you.
0: Wow, that's incredible. I know you have a passion for social justice. You mm-hmm. also have a law degree. So this seems to be a perfect fit with women, with immigrants, with women of color, with marginalized people. Uh, do you have anything else you want to share about that aspect of your of your organization and your work?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, so we, we, a lot of what we do um, is hands-on programs, but also involved in um, advocacy. I just got off of a call with... Um, uh, the, the New York City Worker Cooperative uh, Group. Uh, we also are doing advocacy like with garment workers in Los Angeles because advocacy is about, um, in the context of Custom Collaborative, about um, fair trade. So last year I also got um, a Change Maker of the Year Award from the Fair Trade Coalition. It's about fair trade, which means fair wages and um, environmental sustainability, right? So at Custom Collaborative, all of the the things that we make are from pre-consumer waste. So these fashion companies, you know, are ready to throw away all these textiles and other things, all these fabrics. And we say, oh no, actually we can use these and make nice new things and we'll figure out and we can sell them, which then provides income for the women in our networks. So I think it's like a, a, a full circle. We want to, to help people in every way possible. And I'm just reminded of a conference that I attended in, um, 2012, and Wynton Marcellus was um, a speaker, and he said that there's no part of his band that he can go without. So if you don't have the bass, then something is missing. Maybe it's the rhythm. If you don't have the drum, then that won't work. And he likened that to society saying, well, we're just going to put all these people in prison, and then don't worry about them and forget about them, because we don't need them, right? which doesn't make sense because everybody is there for a reason. God has put everyone there for something um, in our lives or in our society. And it's incumbent upon us to decide that we want to accept people and and help them bring out their value. So that's, that's, that stuck with me and that's the, the, what I try to live by.
0: That's wonderful. That's wonderful.
1: So here we are, COVID-19. Yeah
0: lots of home time, Mm -hmm. change, (laughs) everything has changed. What are you learning about Ngozi in the midst of this? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am learning um, a couple of things. One, that my germophobia finally has a purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Kathy, you know I've been a germaphobe. I know, I know. And so it's great that I'm able to be a leader and t- to help people, you know, talk about how to use Lysol and when to use Clorox, never drink it. Um, and you know, about all of these things washing your hands and even making sure that you moisturize properly your hands cause you've washed them so much. So there's that. Um, also how much, um, how, how much I, um, am comfortable with solitude. Um, you know, growing up an only child, I always had a lot of friends, but being in the house uh, with my husband is not um, an imposition for me. Whereas I've even heard a friend say that she was ready to jump out the window and that was only after week two. Um, I would say also that I do pretty well um, in crisis, right? So when there are times of crisis, um, my panic is to fix it, but that panic um, is all internal and it comes out, this is what we need to do, this is how we want to handle it. And so I appear very calm, although, you know, in a few weeks, um, I may have some physical, you know, manifestations of it. Um, I also learned that um, I can really do many things that i put my mind to. So for, for Lent, I gave up wine and sugar and Twitter. And I had no idea that we were going to have this coronavirus during Lent and I wouldn't be able to turn to wine. So I've been drinking water, right? Um, But also miraculously, I made it through Lent and now that water is something that can turn into wine. So I have really learned um, about my resolve and my resilience and the people around me and that I can lean on them and I can be honest with them, um, about what I see and what's going on. Definitely. It's so important. So important. So you're a bit of a miracle worker too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's an introductory miracle, right? So we'll see, we'll see if I can do anything beyond that. But, Yes. I like to see it as a miracle. And and also like, I'm so grateful to be at home with someone who I don't fear with someone who won't harm me, someone who supports me. Um, and I, I know that everybody does not have that. And so I find that to be a blessing. So not only have I learned about myself, I've learned about other people as well. I mean, um, uh, Eric has even helped me exercise. I was saying to him today, I got on the scale, I lost weight, these pants didn't used to fit. How is that possible? Because we're in here eating snacks all the time. He said, yeah, but now you're exercising. So we, had, we do an exercise routine every morning for 30 minutes, which I never did before. So I'm just like, oh, I can get myself in shape relatively simply, or at least, you know, have myself a little bit fit. So that, that's something I learned about myself also. I don't need to go outside and, and buy a gym membership in order to, to, to keep my, my body going.
0: Well, what I'm learning or actually being affirmed in is that some of my prayers do get through. I mean, I, I prayed for Eric and wow,
1: Thank God. <laughs> you prayed for Eric, you brought Eric and you prayed to perfect Eric and you did that too. So, hallelujah. <laughs> so, your, your miracles really surpass the whole of wine, you know, sh- shim- shimmy gig gizmo thing. The water wine is nothing compared to your prayer. So thank you. I'm willing to grow our church
0: any way I can.
1: <laughs> Amen.
0: And I know that faith is such an important part of your life. And it's just been a blessing for me uh, to watch you grow. One of the best parts of my, of my work is to meet people and watch them grow and, and see how they evolve, see how they mature with relationships and faith and all of that. So um, anything you want to say about faith and God?
1: Absolutely. Um, faith, I mean, I, I was born and, and christened United Methodist, you know, as a baby. So that has always been my background. And I was fortunate to have a grandmother who, you know, prayed for me and over me Um when I didn't even know I needed it. Right. And so she's gone now, but I feel like the prayers and the blessing that she covered me with, you know, helped me into this day. Um, so yeah, definitely for me, faith is very important. And for me, even, um, my decision when I was six years old, um, to become a lawyer, was really grounded in, in faith and what I knew of God and Jesus and the Bible. And, and somebody, you know, basically said to me, you talk a lot, you should be a lawyer. And then I found out what lawyers did. And to my mind, what I understood was that lawyers helped people and lawyers were there for fairness and justice and to make sure that happened in the world. I was just like, okay, well, this is consistent with my, what my grandmother and my mother and my family have been telling me. So like really faith has informed everything that I've done. Even when I came to New York, um, it was either folly or faith or both. But I came to New York. I moved to New York with no job and like with four thousand three hundred and seventy dollars in my pocket. But I was just like, well, there's going to be a way. It's going to work, and it did. And I found um, I found a church. That church found you. Um, then we found Eric. And just you know, leaning on faith and believing in people and doing my part has really um, brought me to a place where I feel like joy um, every day. So thank
0: you, Ngozi. Thank you for your faith and your faith journey. It's been wonderful watching you all these years. And also, thank you for my beautiful mask. Thank Mm. you. I just love it, love it, love it. And I think you have something you want to share
1: with us as well. Yes. So Custom Collaborative is making masks as well. I'm so glad that you like yours. Um, Basically, the women we serve um, we're all out of jobs with the coronavirus. And so we decided, okay, we'll start making masks and selling masks so that way they can earn income. So we have different styles that we're working on. Um, i just become a mask-making machine. Um, so go to customcollaborative.org and starting thursday our store will be back open so you can order a mask and right now you can just put yourself on the mailing list to get one of these fancy masks so thank you thank you thank you for the opportunity we've got mask and mask and mask and mask and thank you for all your prayers absolutely and i'm going to pray for you right now yes ma'am. thank okay,
0: you let us pray gracious god we are so thankful for Ngozi and for her light in this world We thank you for the work that she's doing for those women who might otherwise be unseen and forgotten. Thank you for her faith and for Eric and their shared love. Thank you, God, that you have brought them into my life and into the life of our church and for all that you're doing in them and with them and for them. We pray that you will continue to lead them and may your Holy Spirit guide them every step of the way. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you. I love you. Thank
1: you. Love you you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks to you and your producer. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this
1: episode of Coffee with Kathy. This podcast is brought to you by Park Avenue United Methodist Church. Follow us on social media at PAUMCNYC. You can also support our ministries by donating at slash give. We hope you've enjoyed this coffee with Kathy. Until next time.